Just one choice away from everything that we want in this life. We all never guaranteed today, so I make every breath my right. We all living on the edge of greatness. How about it? This game the matrix. Can you taste it? You could be weightless without a spaceship. One chance, one shot, any given time, what you got? I got one mic, one strike. Yo, this ain't a game, this is real life. It's what you make of it. I don't know about you, but I'm gonna make a stake of it. Cause it's rare to see life well done. So you keep on pushing till that blood don't run. The only choice that I'm giving up is to give up. Play is off the table, not an option in my playbook. Run it left, run it right, run it up the gut. Hail Mary, if I got a baby, I'ma throw it up. Go for it, even if it's fourth down and 21. On my 21, and I have to carry life. Good morning and welcome to the Coffee with Chris show. It is Monday, February 7th. Uh, and yeah, it's Motivation Monday, but if, you know, it's Black History Month and I feel like we could uh, use a little conversation about what's going on in, in the news. But also I wanted to talk about Spotify really quickly. Um, so this podcast has always been available on Spotify and um I know I don't have like a huge audience and my like stand against um, Spotify right now. is like not like the hugest impact in the world, but uh, I've never been a fan of Joe Rogan. Um, you know, he is been problematic for a very long time and he tries to like play this game of like, you know, I try to do the right things. I have people on my show who have different opinions than me. And, you know, we try to hash it out and all this other shit. And it's like, but you're actually like not great. And, you know, I understand Spotify gave him a lot of money to um, host his podcast on Spotify. But like, it's it's a problem. Um, so I've pulled my my podcast from Spotify. It is only available on iTunes and um, SoundCloud right now. Um, and also it's uh, available here on Facebook too. So you can actually listen to the, this podcast here on Facebook. So that is what's going on with that. I just, I felt like it was just the right thing to do. Um, like I said, I know it's not hugely impactful, but I don't know. It seems like the right thing to do. Uh, today we're going to talk about the news, things that are going on. You know, we've got the winter Olympics going on. We've got um all kinds of stuff and i i feel like the best way to talk about the news during black history month is to actually uh ask a boomer and i haven't done this in a very long time where uh i just called my mom and asked her what's going on so uh in a little bit i'm gonna call my mom and uh she's gonna tell us what's going on in the news um so yeah, uh, if you're watching, drop a comment in the comment box, say, hey, uh, let me know that you're there. Uh, and I hope that today will be a fantastic episode. So um, 
what else have, what else, I feel like I had something else to tell y'all and I'm like spaced out I mean I've had like a series of bad luck in the last week so uh things have been difficult um I think I, th I think I think that's that's all that I had to say uh <laughs> so uh yeah let's uh let's jump into uh let me call my mom let's see what my mom's doing she's gonna be mad because I'm calling her a little early but she's all right uh, and I, I used to do this often uh, when I first started the show. So the show's five years old. When I first started the show, I would be like, let me just call my mom and see what's going on with my mom. So um, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to call her. And let's see. Now, look, I don't know about you, um, but I have my mom's phone number saved in my phone, but I don't do that. I actually still type out her phone number like I'm calling her on the, like a regular phone. So let's see. Here we go. Let's see if she answers. Hello. Hi, mom. Hi, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing fine. So, um, can you, uh, I know I'm calling you a few minutes early, but, uh, can you tell us a little bit about what's going on in the news? Okay. One of the, one of the things I'm kind of excited about, and I think everybody should, um, get more involved in is uh, book banning that's going on across the country. Yeah. Uh, what are some of the books that are being banned? Some of them are, um, Mostly about sex or gays, mm -hmm. um, about the Holocaust. Mm. They don't care if the book has won um, multiple awards. If it's anything that they feel, and this is what they're saying, that it would make their white children feel bad about themselves, mm. um, they want them gone. So right now I think there's like 125 books actually on the list wow. that they're trying to get rid of. 125 and books. yes and it's about so far it's about 14 states who are pushing for a lot of book bans and then now what it looks like is, is that it's all all individual um counties in that state who are pushing so in other words if your kid goes to this certain school the parents are going in and saying i don't like the fact that you're allowing my kid to see anything about the 1619 project Take wow. the book out. So the books are not allowed. Is it just like not allowed in the school libraries? Or are they trying to ban the books in like public libraries as well? Right now, it is just school. Okay. Um, through um, um, K through twelve. Okay. Wow. And so they don't they don't care how old the book is. Um, they don't care how um, important you read it is. They don't want the, the teacher to even talk about it or teach it. You know, like um, To Kill a Mockingbird. Right. When you would, that was something that everybody would read and write an essay about. Yeah, I remember they having want, to read that. Yeah, they want something like that out. Um, there's one book that I'm very interested in. It's called um, All Boys Aren't Blue. And it is a... Um, book about a young man who's talking about what his life was like to be black and queer. Wow. 
they're ban they're banning that book also. Um, the bluest eyes. Um, the um, Tony almost all of Tony Morris's books they don't they don't care for. Well, so um, yeah, so that that to me is tragic. Do you use the book to help kids understand the world? Mm -hmm. You use the book so that you so you can have a, a knowledgeable conversation with other people outside of your world, and um, you have to give your children some critical thinking skills right. as they move on in life. Right. And they're basically saying, you know, you think one way or no way. I guess I don't. I can't figure out why they're so much after not sharing knowledge with their children, but they are. Right. And you know, that whole, um, there's this whole idea of, uh, of kind of reshaping history. Um, and we're like one of the only countries that, um, likes to tuck our, our dirty laundry in the closet somewhere. Um, and not really uh, acknowledge what happened. Like in Germany, they teach those kids about the Holocaust, right? They teach those kids about uh -huh. Hitler and they say, this is part of German history. Don't do this again, right? Um, right. Here in America, we don't do that. It's not like we go, this is what happened. This is what happened during slavery. This is what happened during the building of this country. Don't do this again. It's like, things were great. You know, we come from this, like we have this pride uh, or the country has this pride around the, the building of this country without the acknowledgement of who was hurt during that. Yeah. It's weird. That's, yeah. That one of the things that surprised me this morning that I just heard on the news, it's not over the world. The last several months we've been talking about the books being banned. It's that now they're actually looking at, um, history being taught in the school. History they want in general? History, history in general. And um, they don't like the fact that, that they're saying that um, this is black history. They don't want to call it black history. They just want to call it history. So no more of separating the, the difference between a, a history book and black history. I mean, they I agree with that. It's American history, but it has to yeah. be included, right? Right, but they they don't want them to say. I guess that they they don't want them to say this is a a black person who who achieved this goal or who fought for 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 freedom of slavery. They wow. just want to say this this person helped fight against slavery. Hmm. It's confusing. Yeah. But they don't like the fact that you that you're I guess the reason why I'm 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 struggling with it is because my age, we had to fight for black history. Mm -hmm. They never told us anything when I went to school about what a black person had done or achieved. It was always a white person who was always the one who had the knowledge and the skills of accomplishing anything. Right. And so we have to fight for black history. And when it became a history uh, a, a lesson, it was a, it was an elective. It wasn't something 
that it was normal part of my learning at school. It had to be an elective for me to pick and go to a black history teaching. Right. And then it was just a surface of it because what you get one hour a day in each class. Mm -hmm. So it was just the surface of black history. And that was it. Yeah. I mean, you learn about Martin Luther King and Rosa Parks. You Mm -hmm. learn about, uh, you kind of learn about slavery and, um, and then at the end of the day, Abraham Lincoln was the savior and that's black history. Yeah. And all slaves were happy. Mm-hmm. They weren't treated poorly. They were upset when slavery was over. Some yeah. of them, uh, um, they didn't talk about how the slaves actually, some of them starved to death after, um, um, once they left the plantation, when slavery was over, they don't talk about that. Um, they didn't talk about the economics, about why some slaves had to stay because they had no other way. Remember, they weren't allowed to, to read or write. Mm-hmm. They weren't allowed to um, to um, be part of the community. They didn't go into a lot of detail about Reconstruction. Yeah. And how it ended. They didn't talk about that. No, but they'll talk about uh, the black, uh, we'll talk about the Harlem Renaissance and this right. like idea that black people just left the South and then thrived. And it's like, that's not how that went for everyone. Um, you know, so, that's, so that's did- about thing. Yeah. It, you, I, I can't stand when they take, you know, we're a whole community of people and then like four people have success. And then that's kind of like this, like idea that things weren't that bad. Yeah. So now, here it is again in 20, 2022. Mm-hmm. They want to take away the books that we begged for when I was a kid. We begged for books like this to give us knowledge. How do you how do you explain to your kids about racism and why they're being treated differently if you don't tell them the history of slavery? Right. Right. And... They, it, you, well, so, this, be, this is, this is something that has, uh, you know, been divisive and dividing, which has been most, the biggest part of our divisiveness in this country is the subjectiveness of history, right? So because these things aren't taught in school, there's no, um, ground level status quo, um, uh, knowledge of these things, right? So we all know that there's 50 states, right? We all know that the president serves four terms, right? Or four years. And like those things we know because everybody who went to school here in this country, we all learned those same things, right? But when it comes right. to black history, it's our individual le- learning is how we learned about the past. We've all learned it in different ways and different contexts. Like, um, you know, a lot of black Americans learn about our history through our families telling us what's happened, um, you know, or from books that we've had to find and learn and all of those things going to particular colleges, um, depending on what school you go to, depends on what kind of history you learn, um, which means that that history is so fragmented and not standardized, um, which makes it subjective, which means that like people can say that's not true. 
are, you know, that's not exactly how it went down. And the fact that we are having arguments and conversations around what actually happened during slavery or what actually happened in the, you know, during the civil rights movement and what actually happened in these different parts is like, why are we having these conversations about what actually happened um, when things happened? Uh, and that's that's what's scary to me is that our history gets so fragmented down that we continue to have to argue and fight about what's the tr what's true. And when we are living in a world where the truth is subjective, um, it it's just really just opens the door for kind of like this collapse of democracy, really. It's just like exactly yeah. what's happening. Right now, the American Library Association says about 330 books are currently being challenged. Wow. 330. Wow. And so it's, um, it's, it's a sad thing that's happening. One of the things that I um, was excited to see is that there are some parents out there who are fighting against it. Yeah. And there is one group of parents who are from um, Austin, Texas. And they came together and they called themselves the Round Rock Black Parents Association. Round? And it consists round of six rock. moms. It's called Round Rock Black oh. Parents Association. Okay. And their goal is to fight the book ban mm -hmm. for their kids. And so what they've been doing, they're knocking on doors. They're, they're, they're going to see their congressmen. They are um, writing petition letters. They are doing everything they can to, um, to stop um, the book banning process. And they've actually won several. They've actually been winning. Good. And, they, and they're saying to the, to, the, to the white parents, what about my black kid? You don't want your... White kids, they feel bad, but how are we going to explain racism to our black kids if they don't learn about what's been going on? Right. This is okay for and, for the black kids to feel bad when they're being discriminated yeah. against, but it's not okay for someone to feel bad about their history. They're the white kids yeah. to feel bad about the history. Yeah. So I'm hoping that this spreads out. I'm hoping that there's a whole lot of moms out there or dads too who are going to fight. Um, history. Make sure that their kids learn. Um, what they're saying, though, is that if you want your kids to know about it, you teach it at home. No, you by by attacking these books and by attacking the authors and by attacking the subject matter, you're removing the opportunity for your kids to have a conversation. Wow, yeah. Well, hey, Ma, okay, look, remember yesterday um, uh -huh. you were, we were talking about, uh, we were talking about the history of black history month. Yeah. <laughs> and you, you were like, you, we couldn't remember. We didn't know why black history month. We honestly, we didn't know why black history month was in February. So obviously I go up to Sydney and it's like, Sydney, why is black history month in February? And she's just like, I don't know. So, um, this <laughs> is, uh, <laughs> so actually she just posted a comment. And so I think you, I think you would want to know this. So it says Black History Month used to be Negro History Week established in 1926. 
February was chosen because of the birthdays of Lincoln and Douglas. In 1969, Black History Month was proposed by educators at Kent State University. And that, and I believe that was uh, where uh, Kent State University is, is where there was a, a really massive school shooting that happened there um, mm -hmm. back in the 70s, I believe, 60s, late 60s, around that time period, we like to say. Uh, so yeah, that is why... Um, that is why Black History Month is in, in February. Wow, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> <laughs> That's why they gave us the, the shortest month of the of the year, too, right? <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. It's just like, yeah, all right, go ahead, go ahead. They they can have February. Yeah, I, I, I mean, you know, I I love that we do have. Um, this month to talk about black history. I do like, you know, how you were saying earlier, but I don't agree with the entire execution of it. I do believe that black history should be mixed into American history because we have been here <laughs> the whole time that the, the country has existed. Right. So like it should be American history, but unfortunately um, you know, this, the, the way this country wants to tell its history, we have to like specify black history because it will be left out if, if, if not, you know, um, and this whole, like, I don't want my kids to feel bad. It's just, it's just very wild and fragile and, um, and unfair and not uh, and inconsiderate for the people who, you know, built this country, who died for this country, who fought for this country, you know, you know, mom, we come from a military family, you know, yeah. our family fought for this country. Like I, I, I am, I'm a patriot because of that, because of their, their work and their service. But like, I'm angry because I have a hard time. I It's like, I can't be a patriot to this country when the country has not loved our family back. You know, like well, you've given your, your, your um, career to service of this country. Yeah, I did. And, and I was very proud of that. Mm -hmm. I was proud of that. And uh, I always felt that <laughs> serving, uh, uh, your your um, government or your the federal the federal services was one of the most important jobs you could have. Yeah, I mean, I mean, for a good long while, you were um, a big part of the reason why we have unspoiled meat, you know, in the fridge. <laughs> <laughs> it's an important job. Yeah, and, it is and what's so sad about it is that when you do your job really, really good, nobody thinks about it. Yeah. But once it's gone, there's nobody there, and people start getting sick, and then everybody starts screaming. But when you're doing your job perfect, when nobody's getting sick, or you hardly hear about people getting sick, or your mail always comes when you expect it, um, when you're, you have clean water, mm -hmm. you, you don't think about, well, why is that? Who's making sure all this is happening? Yeah, but as soon as you don't get good mail service, 
as soon as you get scared to eat that steak in the restaurant, <laughs> yeah. Then you think about, wow, you know, we need more people to, to, to do the job. But yeah, we used to feel that was very important um, because it was servicing people. Remember the federal government is a nonprofit organization. Every dime that comes in to that agency goes towards taking care of the American people. Yeah. And, and like, uh, how do you feel about how important your your jobs that you did as a government employee, how does it feel that you had so much of a fight because of racism? Because of racism at work? Yeah. Yeah. Like, how does that it's, feel? Uh, like, you, you, like, you're being, you're a federal employee, you know, everyone's there to serve, right? And even mm-hmm. though, like, regardless of how people look at it or not, like, you can be like, oh, this is a good job. I'm taking care of my family. But really, your job is service. Um, you know, how do you feel about doing that kind of service for the country when, you know, your bosses are racist or your colleagues are racist? Yeah, I've, I've had so many different types of managers. Mm-hmm. Uh, not all of them were racist. Right. And you kind of learn that. A lot of them were taught to be racist. Yeah. And so the only thing you could do was fight against it. Now, I know um, a lot of people who fought and end up losing their job. You have to be um, strategic about it, how you fight back. Um, I've always been one who wanted to fight back. I um, worked hard to get into a position at work where I was the only one that had the knowledge in the office so I could I had a little bit more leverage in fighting back mm-hmm. um, but um, it was it was rough it was hard to see this the, the racism um, there's still a whole, whole lot of work to do we have um, when you look at the employment charts and East federal agency, the lower the grade, the more diversity there is, Mm -hmm. the higher the grade, the less diversity. Um, People feel comfortable hiring and giving jobs to someone who looks like them. Mm -hmm. So when you get up to um, the very high levels, like the secretary or the um, GS-15s, they trust other people that look like them and most likely um, majority of them were white. So we could never, no matter how much the government tries to say, we want to see diversity. It was really, really hard to get the level of diversity we needed at that higher level. Um, that, that was really, really difficult to, to, to fight because that person you had to work for had the right to pick who they wanted to work for them. And so, um, so that's why, um, so that, that bothered me. Um, and, um, it was very difficult to do that. Now the government, like I said, they did try to pass rules, talk about increasing diversity and we had to measure every year how many GS-15s we had that were of color or were women, um, Asian, um, 
and how many were um, white, and you still see those super low numbers at the top. Right. And so, um, uh, and they're still struggling with that. That's that's all. Mm. I like what you said. Um, that's a whole other conversation about saying that people wanted to hire people who look like them. That's a, mm-hmm. there's a whole Ted talk about that. And I, I really am going to like, we'll, we'll have that discussion in a, another episode, but that is, that is very real. Um, you did have another, uh, news story you wanted to talk about. Yes. I wanted to make sure everybody is aware of the trial selection or the jury selection for the, um, Amon Aubrey federal I'm hate sorry. crime case starts yeah. today. It starts today. And um, so we got to cross our fingers. We got to hope that they can get a good jury pool. They, remember that that part of Georgia, it's called Brunswick, Georgia, doesn't have very many people of color mm-hmm. um, that will might be able to get on to the jury pool. Uh, there's a whole lot of problems with um, racism there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that it's about 40% black in that town, but I'm not sure if the reason why they, that the last trial, they only had one black person who actually made it on the, um, on the uh, jury trial for the state, when they did the state trial, they only had one, one, one black person. I think it was, um, uh, two white men and the rest were white women. Interesting. They, yeah, they, they do have a problem with, um, um, arresting and chasing after, uh, monitoring the black neighborhoods. So you see a lot of people of color who have been arrested more than, than anything. So I'm not sure if that had anything to do with it. I'm sure. Why, <laughs> why I'm they sure. could not get more diverse, um, jury selection um, before, but the today's day that they're actually doing the, um, the, um, the selection for the jury starting today. Okay. And, um, that they, they did have, um, a plea deal that all three were offering to say, if you give us, um, a reduced, I guess they were trying to say no more than 30 years of a uh, sentence that's under federal and um, move us to a federal facility, they would accept the plea bargain. But the family said, no, no, we want them to go through the trial and get sentenced here and stay here in Georgia. Apparently the, the jails in Georgia are supposed to be really, really bad. Well, yeah, and, uh, they still got to change things <laughs> out there because... <laughs> I would not, there's like, there's three states that I would not want, well, four, that I would not want to be in jail in. I would not want to be in jail in Georgia, um, Alabama, Mississippi, or Louisiana. No, thank you. And I guess you can add Texas and Florida in them too, but like, those are the number, the top tier. <laughs> Don't want to be in jail in either one of those states. So uh, when they, when they were told that, no, sorry, um, no plea deal, then they said, okay, we're all going to plead um, uh, not guilty. So that's what they're wow. going in with. Uh, they're chasing to not. So they were guilty. 
last week. Yeah. <laughs> this week they're not guilty. Wow. <laughs> they're pretty guilty. Oh, jeez. Yeah. So, but um, I don't know um, how they're going to win this. Uh, the uh, murderers are going to win this because mm-hmm. they've been known to um, use the N-word um, and they've been involved with other um, hate groups. Um, they've seen some stuff on their social media. They've even said that he said the word um, um, over Mark Aubrey as he was dying. Wow. So. Wow. Yeah, no shame, right? Wow. Yeah, no shame. That is crazy. And that, but not really. That's what's really crazy is that it's not really crazy and it happens. And, uh, you know, the world has to watch, you know, these trials on television in order to like, I don't know, confirm. I don't, it's, it's, it's a weird feeling when people get away with it. It just confirms this like, feeling that you don't matter and um that it and it also feels like our lives are a circus um you know for the media and like it's it's a lot of like crazy mixed feelings that you get when you know you're watching the news and this stuff happens it's 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 not great it's not a great feeling um, yeah, and, but this this is an important to me. This is a very important trial because not only is this something new for Georgia, because Georgia you know, is not the safest place to to drive while while black. Mm-mm. It's um it's going to be able to to do a spotlight as to how much they focus in on arresting people of color in that area. Mm-hmm. Um. It's also going to get rid of um, the people, uh, the the prosecuting. Um, I can't remember her name. Uh, the the prison, but sorry, it's, it's the um, police department who would not charge them with um, murdering Aubrey at the beginning. It's going to put a spotlight as to how they treat um, uh, if a black person is killed by a police officer versus a white person. They'll be able to do some studies and look at what's going on there. The the other thing is that one of the things that they do is that when they uh, arrest someone, they're able to take away your rights. Mm -hmm. So in other words, you're not going to be able to vote for a while. they're yeah. not going to be able to get that job anymore because you have a record. You know, all those things that happen to you for being arrested. Yeah. And not being able to defend yourself because they've already decided that you're guilty. Yeah. I mean, you know, there have been more times than not black people have been arrested and have been convinced to plead guilty out of like saying, um, you know, plead guilty and 
you won't uh, serve more than a month or plead guilty and I could probably get you on house arrest or plead guilty and you can only serve on weekends or something like some kind of weird plea deal that, that when you scare someone who's been arrested, yeah. if they're wrong, even if they're like completely innocent, right? You scare them and being like, this is what you're looking at. You're looking at 10 years in jail. If you plead guilty, I can get you out in a month, you know, or whatever, like a really crazy plea deals, right? But you've pled guilty. And now you are now you are a felon or you have this record now that you are guilty. And it 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 does it messes you up all the way down, you know, to trying to find a job or get an apartment or or whatever, You're trying to get a loan to buy a house, like all that stuff, it comes back to you over this thing uh -huh. that you probably didn't do, but you felt like you had to plead guilty or else you, because you couldn't afford a lawyer, you could have went to jail for a very long time. They, they don't know at the time when you're pleading guilty, how that is going to affect your life. Right. But they also know that if they go to trial, uh, most likely they're going to be not believed that they are innocent. Right. Right. So you don't end up in jail. So they, there's, there's no way out. You know, they've, they've ruined your life just by picking you up and, and they're charging you with something. Mm -hmm. um, and it, it is absolutely um, tragic. Wow. Uh, there is a um, another issue I wanted to bring up real quick. Okay. Uh, this one woman who um, has a, she's on parole. Mm-hmm. This is in, I believe this is in Florida. I think it's Florida or Tennessee. I can't remember. It's the one in the red state. She's on she's on parole, and she um, asked if she could vote, if she could register to vote, and they so she was told yes. Mm -hmm. She was told yes by her parole officer, and she also was told by the people when she went in to fill out her, her application to vote. Mm -hmm. They found out... Um, that they gave her the bad information. She's been accused of trying to vote. They put her back in jail for six years. What? Yes. Now, six years? During the trial, the, the trial about the, when they went back over this, all these audits that they were doing with the um, Trump um, election. They right. found four white men who voted in place of dead relatives. So what happened to them? And they all got a suspended sentence that for one got three months in jail. But this woman who was on parole who asked about her eligibility to vote, one person. Yes, multiple times. Yes, yes, multiple times see, she was eligible. She was allowed to vote. And she got put in jail for six years. For registering to vote. For re she didn't she even, didn't she cast, didn't even cast the vote. She got put in jail yeah. for six years for registering to vote. Right. Wow. So that's so, them picking you up and you pleading out has a lot of problems for you. You have no clue what you're losing. 
just because you go ahead and you plead out. I don't know if she's guilty or not, but the fact that they know that they're taking some of your rights away by just charging you yeah. with something. But that, like, her going to jail for six years is so out of proportion. That's, like, unconstitutional. Because, the you know, it's in the Constitution that the uh, your sentence should match your um, crime, right? And, uh, you know, the fact that these states have skirted around uh, this this one part of the... It's, it's part of our Bill of Rights in, in the federal Constitution, U.S. Constitution. Like, I don't... I mean, and they've been doing this for years, right? You know, so, you know, when during the big, big days of, of crack, you know, you could go to jail for, you know, twice as long, if not more for, you know, a, a fraction of crack compared to cocaine. Right. And right. like, it's just, it's so out of proportion and you know, the, the, how fractioned or fractured our community is like, I know there have been a lot of people who have been trying to fight, who've been fighting this, right. Fighting these, um, outrageous sentences of, of, of people going to jail, but this is crazy. I can't yeah. even, I get like six years of jail for registering to vote. Yeah. She was a, um, she wasn't going to cast the right vote. <laughs> no, no, obviously not. <laughs> more like a Democrat this instead is, of Republican. This joking. was definitely, <laughs> yeah, it was definitely one of those things where they're like, I'm going to teach you a lesson and it's, I'm going to make an example the, of you. Yeah. It's the four men who, but the four men who, who did the illegal voting were all Republicans. Yeah. And they, and they and actually they cast, cast it, for, they casted votes, actually, right? Yeah. And so, but they're like, you know, oh, well, you can't do that, bro. So don't do that again. They're like, okay. But this person who just registered the vote, it's just like, freeze, get your hands on the ground. It's like <laughs> unnecessary. It's like, what did I do? Why did, like, how come everything else you get, you just get some weird letter in the mail. You can just get a weird I, letter I, in the mail. I, yeah, so what, I, what I heard was that the judge just said, um, but she said, well, I was told I was, it was okay. And he, the judge said that we manipulated them to give you that answer. Wow. So she could not even explain why she was trying to be careful and try to do the right thing. So the judge just said, well, you know, wow. Okay. Well, there you go. That's why I'm like, go. kids, stay out of trouble. And I think, like, you know, when you and grandma and grandpa used to tell me to stay out of trouble, it wasn't about don't be a person, don't be like a, you know, don't rock the boat and don't be like a person who's an advocate and all this. It's like stay out of trouble because getting in trouble costs you a lot of money and costs you your life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like not even about, you know, it's it's more it's not even about doing the right things it's more about just like losing your ability to just live and that's absolutely yeah. crazy that you know if you you had you registered to vote and there's nothing you can say about it because the judges already made up their mind about you and how yeah. you there's nothing you can say or do you're guilty and you're going to jail for 6 years
Yeah. I mean, people are biased. You have a lot of people out there have biases, but yeah. when you're a judge, you're supposed to look at the law and the rules and not look at who's actually sitting in front of you. Well, I mean, look at Judge Judy. Judge Judy is the worst. <laughs> judge Judy has the most bias, but like, you know, she's a television judge, but still like, you're right. If you are, you, you swear, um, you know, you swear in to be a judge, you're supposed to um, uphold the law uh, and not, um, you're not supposed to let your personal biases, you know, affect how you enforce the law. And that's, but, you know, that's us hoping that uh, a system that is actually rigged um, in favor of white folks is somehow going to not be. And, you know, I don't, I, and unfortunately, that's just kind of where my brain's always been. It's like, this this whole country was built to protect white men from from being in trouble and to create situations of their success it's built like that um yeah. you know and it's as as frustrated as we can get or mad as we want to be i don't think that's ever going to change um unless the entire structure gets rebuilt and, uh, any yeah. state has a little bit different rules too, so you have to yeah have to be real careful because, like I said, like there was in Florida's rule is is that if you've ever been convicted of a crime, um, you cannot register to vote or vote until you pay the fine off. So they 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 will arrest you, they will convict you, and they would give you a fine. And you serve your time, you're off pro probation, but you haven't paid that fine back because, you know, you've been in jail. Right. Wow. To set you up. You can't win. Yeah. Then you're trying to find that, what, that minimum wage job, get your life back going again. You can barely pay rent, let alone pay that fine off. Right. So you still cannot. Yeah, you can't win. So anyway, I'm gonna throw that in there. Wow. Well, thank you, Mom, so much for all this news. That was good. Thanks. <laughs> so I know I gotta cut back and watching uh, so much news, but I can't help it. <laughs> I know you just said. I'm like, if, if anybody's gonna tell me what's going on in the world, it's gonna be you. You watch the news all day long. So, yeah, like, it. yeah, you know what's going on in the world. I stay in my little corner and watch what's going on outside. <laughs> yeah, you don't go out. You don't go I'm out so there. Been, yeah, you've been a good daughter. Never, <laughs> never got in trouble, right? Oh, I mean, I got in trouble, but I never got in trouble, trouble. Yeah. Yeah, I never got in trouble, You know it's going to hurt you. Yeah. Well, that and, uh, you know, now that I've gotten older, I realize, I'm like, man, if you take the wrong step somewhere... Like it will cost you a fortune. <laughs> mm -hmm. So I am not here to get in any kind of trouble because it just costs you so not get ahead. much. Yeah, you you it will cost you so much more to um to make a mistake than it than it takes to just try not to make the mistake. And I understand why, like, you know, our community is so messed up around that. Because if you do if you do make a mistake, it can it will throw your whole 
life off a trajectory. And it's like, it's not the same rules as white folks have. You know, you make a mistake, you're, there's still a chance for you to kind of get back on the rails. When we make a mistake, it takes a long time for us to get back, um, if we ever can. Um, and even so, that shit stays with you forever. Somebody will look up and remember that that one time you did a thing and you will never be able to move on from it. Now you understand why people who come out of jail and turn around and commit a crime again. Yeah. Just trying to survive. Because you have it's just they want to eat. Yeah. You don't have a choice. No choice. It's like, what are you going to do? You're just going to, you know, and, and, and you got to remember the like, people who are, who've been in jail, they're still people. So, you know, you still have people who have issues around being, um, dealing with rejection, people who deal with workplace trauma, who have depression, anxiety, all the same stuff that we all deal with, except for they have this one thing that's different and they went to jail. And so they come out and they apply for jobs and they keep getting rejected and rejected. That mental health stuff pulls, comes up, right? So you have, right. you know, rejection issues and all those other things. There's still people and these people still have feelings and you still have the survival, you know, mechanism. You're just like, you know what? It's the worst thing that can happen. And I go back to jail and I have a place to sleep and have three meals a day. And it's like, what do you do? If that's where your life is, that's, and, it, and so many black men are in that position. Yeah. So it's really sad. Uh, mom. All right. Uh, thank you again. Thank you so much. Uh, we'll talk about next time you'll be back on the show. Um, and I hope you have a great day, mom. You too. Thanks. Thanks a million. <laughs> thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. So yeah, y'all, that was my mom. I, I really enjoyed that conversation with her. And I hope that, um, you know, y'all got a little something out of it too. Uh, and, you know, this is uh, one of those things where I love talking to my mom about her past and where, uh, you know, what experiences she's been through and where she's coming from. Because like, those are things where you get to learn, you know, what, uh, what, what has happened and where things have gone, where things, you know, and all that stuff. I just, I've learned so much from my mom um, because of that and, and learning about like her time working in the government and dealing with racism and all of that stuff. Like I just learned so much from her and she does, she watches the news like crazy. So I gave you all a little bit of boomer news. That is from my mother's perspective. That is uh, who she is. And she is really, um, I don't know. I just learned so much from her and she's just such an amazing person. So um, until Wednesday, Sydney will be back here and we will be, uh, I don't know what we're going to talk about yet, but you know, obviously it's going to be about black history probably uh, until Wednesday. I hope you guys have a fantastic day. Enjoy the sunshine today. It's not going to be super cold, but it's still winter. All right. Until then, have a good one, y'all.